the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, November 25th, currently 414 on the East Coast, here to break down the NFL Week 12 afternoon betting preview. And joining me, as usual, to break down these games for the PM games in NFL Week 12, Guys, know I'm on the voice of the NBA Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, Fantasy Football Podcast, and of course here on the NFL Gambling Podcast. So my main man, Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? How's your Thanksgiving uh, break going here, I guess we can say? Overall, went pretty well. Uh, I think one of the funny parts of being, an, of being a podcast editor on SGPN is the fact that even though it's a holiday for me, I can't say the same about people in other countries. So I was editing and posting a couple of soccer podcasts at like 11 o'clock last night during Thanksgiving, but no complaints there. Uh, overall, it was a nice holiday. Unfortunately, some of my bets, uh, let's just say New England, for example, you know, out of nowhere, let's just say New England uh, didn't do many <laughs> favors last night. So had the plus three, didn't work out. A lot of dumb mistakes. You had the kickoff return touchdown. I mean, if I told you going into the game that Mac Jones would have 382 passing yards, you'd probably assume New England won the game by 20, and they lost and didn't cover. So pretty rough. Yeah, I looked at the box score this morning, and uh, when you see 382 yards uh, from Mac Jones, no interceptions. Also, uh, you would have thought, like you mentioned, they at least would have won by two possessions in that game. But, yeah, definitely some questionable calls. Uh, especially the Hunter Henry touchdown that was called incomplete. I mean, at this point, whoever figures out what is and what isn't a catch in the NFL, uh, probably give them the Nobel Peace Prize or Congression Medal of Honor to that person. But we still haven't been able to figure it out from the Des Bryant catch years and years ago to what we saw last night for Hunter Henry not um, getting awarded the touchdown, I guess we can say. But yeah, at nonetheless... Least, at least- at least stick with the call on the field. Uh, sure. you don't, if you don't know, then just don't overturn it. Like, it's fine yeah. if they would have called it incomplete. They looked it over, said incomplete. Like, okay, you can't overturn it. I didn't see anything that suggested they were going to change the call. Yeah. I mean, look, I was, I'm was i right there with you. I think 99% of the world, regardless if they were on the Vikings or Patriots, would have probably agreed that it was a catch and a completed catch for it. Should I gone for a touchdown? But it is what it is. We turn the page and we get over to the NFL Week 12 afternoon games. But, Scott, anything else from the morning games or, sorry, the Bills and Lions games and the Giants-Cowboys game that stuck out to you? Well, the Bills game stuck out to me because I don't think the Bills are very good. And I picked them before the season to win the Super Bowl. It looked really, really good for about the first month and change. They're just not very good right now and they have a bunch of injuries which they're trying to deal with and Allen's elbow definitely is limiting the amount of shots he's taking down the field because a lot of stuff was underneath he had the big pass to Stefan Diggs there to set up the game-winning field goal but for the most part a lot of underneath stuff still making really dumb decisions in the red zone Mm -hmm. their short yardage play calling is still atrocious they just have a lot of problems right now and I feel like that's my main takeaway I think Miami's gonna win the division and I'm not sure they're the best team in the division, but I do think that right now they're playing the best football of any mm-hmm. team in the division, especially with New England losing yesterday. Yeah. So my, my main takeaway, Buffalo didn't look great. My main takeaway for Detroit, I think that Campbell is a fun coach because of the, 
I'd say emotions that he definitely displays and how he's able to get his players fired up. Mm-hmm. He can coach to save his life, mostly with clock management. Right. Yeah. I think he easily has the work clock, the worst clock management of any coach in the entire league. Uh, McCarthy's not great. Staley's not great. You can go down the line. There's a lot of coaches that struggle with clock management, but I do think that Campbell takes the cake because I don't know what the hell that was in the last two minutes of regulation. And he single-handedly costed his team the game. Uh, besides that, the other takeaway is uh, Minnesota's still pretty good, but that defense needs work. And yeah. for the Cowboys game, I think the Cowboys are a good team that play down to competition on occasion. And if you want a hot take, I think the Giants missed the playoffs. They're missing too many guys. It's nothing against them. I think Dable's a very good coach. They're mm-hmm. trying their best. They're missing so many key pieces on the offensive line, their secondary shot. Even during the game, it looked like every Giants player on defense was getting hurt after every snap. Yeah. The injury, the the trainers were on the field every play, yeah. but they don't have anything on that team right now. I think the Giants are going to miss the playoffs. You look at their schedule, it is rough for the last yeah. month and a half. Yeah, especially at the skill positions too, right? I mean, outside of Saquon Barkley, I know Darius Slayton has had flashes of uh, being the guy for them on the uh, in the wide receiving core at least, but other than that, not a lot of um, not a lot of excitement, I guess we can say at least from the wide receiver positions for the uh, New York Giants, and something they will have to address. And again, the question is going to be: Is Daniel Jones the guy for this team going forward? Uh, for the future franchise as a quarterback? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think he is. Um, The answer is no. Uh, Everyone, I feel like, knows already the answer is no. I like how you politely put it to leave some, like a potential. No, it's not happening. Daniel Jones is done (laughs) after the year. But, I mean, you're looking at what the Giants have, and they realize once you stop Saquon, which has happened the last two weeks, I know he had a touchdown, but he really didn't do much in the game. Yeah, The passing game is shot. And Slayton had the one huge catch, uh, which would have actually gotten me bingo in the SGPN contest, which I'm a bit salty about. He caught it at the one-yard line. But they don't have any other guys. And their offensive line shot, their defensive line, I mean, it's it's fine. Thibodeau's always hurt, but it's okay. And the secondary's injured. So I really don't think the Giants are a good football team, but there's no reason to be ashamed of it. People were shocked they were this good to start the season anyway. I mean, look, if you look at the schedule, I think they had one of the most easiest schedules coming into the season. They've taken care of business where they've mm-hmm. needed to. I think that's been a lot with – you know, bringing in Brian Dable as a good head coach, we can say, but you can read it off their schedule over the last month. Yeah. Is really, really difficult. Yeah. I'll try. I'm trying to pull that up here uh, for the Giants. But even here. Washington's good. I mean, if you're asking me right now, I think the Giants are the worst team in the division. Yeah. You're looking at it here. Let me, I got it right here. So they have the commanders next week. So they, they have three games. Uh, their next three weeks are all uh, division games. They have the commanders in uh, MetLife next week. Then they welcome the Eagles to town, and then they go to uh, Landover, Maryland to take on the Commanders. Then they go to Minnesota, welcome the Colts, and then they go to Philly to wrap up the season. So, so four, how many games are they favored in? I don't even think they're favored against Washington next week, but I'm uh, not sure. I think maybe the only game, Colts, maybe the Colts. Mark? Yeah, I think that was the only one I was going to say. And what's the record now? They're 7-4? Seven 7-4, and four? Seven and four, yeah. So they're going to be favored in one game, probably moving forward. Maybe Washington, because they have a couple extra days of prep after Thanksgiving, but the team's yeah. still extremely injured. Right. You're looking at what, like nine wins tops? And that's if things go their way? Yeah, I would I would give them yeah two wins, finishing at around nine and eight. Yeah. I'm I saying, like, if they win eight, if they go eight and nine, they're not making the playoffs. And there's a chance they lose out. Like, there's no guarantee they're going to win many games here, but – when you have to come from behind so often in the fourth quarter for the entire season, and mm. now all of your skill position players or even your just your secondary are hurt, yeah, you're going to be really up against it because you have to mm. rely on a lot of third and fourth string corners to get torched by C.D. Lamb on national TV for an entire game. And that's what, that's what happened. Gallup yeah. torched them. Uh, you had Lamb torching them because these guys probably shouldn't be playing. But props yeah. to Dable. I think the Giants have had a good year. Terrell's not going to be happy to hear about it, but to be honest, I don't think they make the playoffs. Like, do you think based on that schedule, they win more than eight games? I, I think, not. I think, yeah, the ceiling is probably nine. Maybe that last week if Philly has the division wrapped up and nothing to play for, they probably sit their starters in that game. I mean, again, Maybe. that's a huge question mark. Minshew, but even, yeah, yeah, you still got to deal with a uh, Minshew mania there. But um, I think, yeah, I think the ceiling is probably nine for this team if we're being generous for this uh, 
Giants team. But look, next year, we'll see who the quarterback is for this team. I think they have the right guy at the head coaching position. It's now just about filling up, especially on the offensive side, right? When you don't really have wide receivers, you don't really have that quarterback of the future on this team. So I think there's more um, questions on the offensive side versus answers right now for this um, Giants team. Again, give them credit for what they've yeah. done at the first half of the year, winning games. Uh, where maybe maybe a lot of people didn't expect them to win, but you know they finally finally fell down back to earth, and we're starting to see who this Giants team really is. And I think that you know, like you mentioned, nine nine wins is probably the ceiling for this team. That was kind of my main takeaway. I'm not sure if they have playoff odds up for the Giants. I would take the no. I'm mm-hmm. assuming that the no might be juice at this point, but it shouldn't be that bad because they're still yeah. seven and four. Yeah, I'll start to see if I can pull that up here. Uh, but after last night, I think, yeah, last night was probably the tipping scale for them if they were going to be a plus or minus odds to make the uh, to make the playoffs here. Let me see if they have it. Yeah, and the, Cow- uh, the Cowboys are a good team. Don't get me wrong. Sure, you're, yeah. you're just watching the Giants play, and yes, you occasionally have that bad team that sneaks in, and you mm. wonder how the hell do they get in. Did the Giants last night look like a playoff team to you? Because they looked like a 5-1 team. Currently on one book, I am seeing, Scott, the uh, – Yes, no is set at minus 110. Just going to throw it out there. You go down the NFC, and the NFC North is bad. The South is bad. So I guess the argument is there's not many good teams left because the NFC, I mean, you don't have many great teams are competing with, I guess. But does eight wins get you in at this point? I don't know. I think you have to have nine. You think so? Because I'm I'm trying to think it through because you got three wildcard teams now. The NFC West, you have the Seahawks, who should get in. The Niners should get in, obviously. So those two teams are getting in. That's it. Then you look at the East. You have a case for the three other teams in the division, Mm -hmm. maybe, if Washington doesn't fall apart. And the North is giving you nothing because the Packers, I don't think, are good enough. And besides that, do you want to make a case for any other team? Because the NFC South is useless. Maybe the – I doubt the Falcons can do it, but – it looks like it's the commanders against the Giants for the final spot. So I think that this upcoming yeah. game is huge. Yeah, exactly. So I think that this week the commanders have the Atlanta Falcons. They should take care of business there, should. Um, NFC North, you mentioned it. There's three teams there that have four or less wins between the Lions, Packers, and the Bears. Okay, um, wait a second. So what are the odds on the commanders to make the playoffs? Let's, let's play see. this game. Uh, commanders, I am seeing the yes is at plus 120. And that's that's going to be at a minus price if they beat or should beat the Atlanta Falcons this week. The Falcons game is going to be big. I'm just saying I think the two teams competing for that final spot are going to be Washington and the Giants. And I think yeah. that this upcoming game next week is huge. But I I like that plus 120. I like how Washington's playing and now Chase Young's back. I think it's a very nice plus price play. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's get into this schedule for NFL week 12 uh, with the afternoon games, five games here, including Sunday night football. Why don't we start it with uh, let's start with the Chargers visiting the uh, Arizona Cardinals. It's going to be a 405 Eastern start between these two teams uh, looking at the opening lines for this game. Currently seeing the Chargers open up as a minus two and a half point favorite. That number is um, you can find two and a halves out there. Still currently at two and a half over on win bet. Total opened up at 48. That number has to stay the course at 48 for this game. Uh, let's start with the injury report for both of these teams. Mike Williams has been officially ruled out for this game for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. He gave it a good uh, run. He had what, one catch against the Chiefs? He tried. Yeah. Um, other than that, pretty clean injury report. I know they're dealing with a couple of guys in the secondary uh, who may be missing this game uh, for the Chargers. Bosa's still out, right? Bosa, didn't he Is return he last week? Did he? Yeah, I don't see on the injury report. I thought he played last week. Oh, let me I could see. Double- yeah, I want to check that. I'll get the Arizona Cardinals uh, injury report. Um Kyler Murray is supposed to be back this week for the uh, Cardinals at the quarterback position. Uh, Byron Murphy, cornerback, is out for this game. DJ Humphreys is also out offensive tackle. Hollywood Brown is expected to play in this game. <coughs> Excuse me, for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Rondell, Mer- Rondell Moore, I'm sorry, did not pr- participate in practice on Thursday. And Greg Dortch uh, did not practice as well on Thursday for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, but 
They do get Hollywood Brown back uh, for this game uh, for that wide receiving group for the Arizona Cardinals. Were you able to find that, uh, Bosa? Yeah, he's still on IR. Okay. He didn't play well. All right. Okay. Uh, Arizona at home so far this year. Scott, not very good. One in five. And their only win came, I believe, on that Thursday night football game where Dalton threw two pick sixes in that game. They got that victory 42 to 34. But uh, last week, coming off of the game in Mexico City, uh, against the San Francisco 49ers where they got walloped 38 to 10. I know Colton McCoy did start that game, but you do get uh, Kyler Murray back this week for the Arizona Cardinals. Any case to be made here for the Arizona Cardinals here, uh, Scott, or are we riding here with the Los Angeles Chargers as a two and a half point road favorite? The case is you don't trust Staley laying points, but he's against Kingsbury. So you can make an argument Staley's actually the better coach in this matchup, which is a really rough statement for Killiff Kingsbury <laughs> to hear, but I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm on the Chargers here. I said a couple weeks ago, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. We thought they would lose to the Chiefs, and we thought they would lose to the Niners. They did, and now the mm-hmm. odds for the playoffs have plummeted. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm looking at a spot where the Chargers lost to the 49ers and the Chiefs. And they were competitive in those two games and it didn't go their way. But the fact that they were competing with two of the top five teams in the league, in my opinion, and the Cardinals got run out of the building after no showing the second half. I think the, I think the Chargers are in better form. And the fact that they can hang with these elite teams suggests that they should beat up on a much weaker team in -hmm. a game they need to have. And Arizona is terrible at home. As you said before, Murray's going to play, Will it be rusty? Maybe. He hasn't played in a couple weeks. But I'm going to go with the Chargers here. I still think they're the better team. They're the better coach team. Once again, really, really grasping at straws for compliments here for Staley, but that's the best (laughs) I'm going to do. I'm going to take the Chargers because at least they've been hanging in there. Arizona just rolled over, and I don't think they're going to end up bouncing back out of it. Yeah, I mean, look, last week, I think it was that second touchdown that they had given up to George Kittle. Like, oh, they just, just quit. That won me my yeah. fantasy matchup, but nobody tackled. So, yeah, like, it just looked like they just gave up at that point. And, you know, we talked a lot about, or, you know, the, the stat is out there of Cliff Kinsbury after week eight on is just not a very good head coach, or the team's not very good, um, you know, winning games or even against the spread, right? Week eight on. Since Cliff King, King, Kingsbury took over as the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals, 10 and 23 straight up, 11, 20 and 2 against the spread. So the Chargers, they still have something to play for. I mean, in their minds, they possibly could think that if they, hey, they can make a run here, get to 10 wins, maybe sneak into the playoffs as a wild card team. Um, but they're still sitting at what I think their record's at five and five right now for the Arizona, sorry, for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I know despite not having Mike Williams, I think this is still a game where you still have Keenan Allen. You still have, you know, DeAndre Carter. Those guys have been making, making plays for the offense. Uh, Austin Eckler has been playing well as well for this. And team Williams barely been. played. I mean, he had yeah. one catch for 20 yards and he was done for the day. So a lot yeah. of the damage they did during the game to Palmer and to all the other guys was with Williams not in the lineup. So yeah. I'm not exactly that concerned about it for this game. Yeah, and again, like we mentioned, that this Cardinals team just has not been very good at home uh, this year where they are, I believe, one in five straight up um, and just have not been good against the spread either. So I'm with you. I'm on the charges here. Minus two and a half. Not much to think about here. Um, let's get over to the total in this game. Scott, sitting at 48. Uh, any thoughts on team totals or the full game total here? I'm going to go with the over. I do like the Chargers team total over, but I am going to yeah. go with the over. Tyler, I'm hoping, provides some type of spark. You have Hollywood Brown and... DeAndre Hopkins playing together for the first time, which should be nice. Hopefully, yeah. we'll see if Hollywood Brown actually plays or not. But I like their weapons. Chargers are still banged up on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't like either defense. Both quarterbacks can air it out for big plays. I like the over. It's also in a dome, so there's no weather concerns. Yeah, I agree with you. I was looking at the Chargers team total in this game as well. I think that they should be able to uh, move the ball down the field. Um, I think Gerald Everett should have a big game here for the um, Chargers. Did he play the last game? I don't see him on the injury report here. Let me see if I can pull that up. Um, I think he's technically healthy, but I'm saying he's been kind of battling a bit of a hammy issue the last couple of weeks, so I wasn't sure yeah. if he would be near 100%. Yeah, the only reason I say that is because the Cardinals have really struggled this season against yeah. the tight end position. If you kind of just go through the game log, it's been really bad. Uh, or, you know, opposing tight ends have been doing very well against this team. And I know last week, I don't I don't ever see... Ever didn't play last week. That's why I mentioned yeah. it. Yeah, so hopefully if he's able to go this week, maybe look at his props uh, for this upcoming 
uh, Week 12 matchup against the Arizona Cardinals. Any player props you're looking at in this game here, uh, Scott? I am tempted to take Kyler in reception just because okay. he's been very loose with the football. I have to blindly take Connor over in rushing yards. Yeah, They told Eno Benjamin to take a hike, which I thought mm-hmm. was a bit excessive because I, I didn't think Eno was that bad as a spot starter. He wasn't amazing, but he was fine, you know, filling mm-hmm. in. Did that move surprise you at all? Because the team's not very good. I thought it was weird that they just straight up cut a running back. Yeah, there were some flashes, like you mentioned, for Eno Benjamin uh, for this Cardinals team. And I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of scratched my head when I saw it that um, that they let him go. But I guess fortunately for my Texans, I picked him up alongside Deond- or Damien Pierce. So I guess I'm not too mad about it, I can say. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't think Benjamin's a great <laughs> player, but he's fine. Sure. I, didn't think he, I didn't think he was worthy of being cut. But the point is... Yeah. They basically put all their eggs in the Connor basket. Yeah. And if you're going to give me an awful run defense like the Chargers, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to try to exploit it. So I don't mind Connor rushing yards, rushing touchdown, really anything with Connor. Because mm-hmm. with Kyler coming off injury, I'm assuming they're going to try to ease him into it for at least maybe the first quarter and just like Connor try to get loose. Yeah. Uh, number for Connor right now is 66 and a half for his rushing yards um, in this game. Curious to see what his longest rush attempt uh, is going to be. Let's see if they have that number out yet. Um, 14 and a half. Again, we talked about it. This Chargers rush defense just has not been very good. But anything else uh, as far as player props for this game, Scott? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I think that if you're looking at receivers, uh, probably Palmer, if I had to pick one for the Chargers because he had a couple big plays. Yeah. Keenan played. He didn't really look great, but he was fine. It seems like he's still missing about a step or two. But Palmer looks good uh, for the receivers for Arizona. I don't really have much because I'm not sure who's going to get most of the targets between Hopkins and Brown. Probably Hopkins, but yeah. longest completion for Kyler. You have a couple options there. I don't mind it. Yeah. Uh, Kidding out last week, five receptions, 94 yards, but 46 of those 94 yards came on that loss. long completion from Justin Herbert um, in that game. Eight targets as well. Uh, but yeah, I agree about Joshua Palmer. He's been really, really good for this wide receiving group so far for the Los Angeles Chargers, who has been banged up pretty much all throughout the season. All right, let's get over to the next game of the afternoon. Uh, let's go to let's go to Seattle, uh, where they welcome the Las Vegas Raiders to town. Uh, this is also going to be a 405 Eastern start between these two teams. Um, looking at the opening line for this game, the Seattle Seahawks open up as a three-point home favorite. That number has now been bent up to minus four for the Seahawks. Um, total opened up at 47. Now that total is up to 47 and a half. Starting to see some 48 pops up pop up as well. Uh, looking at the injury report, let's start here with the road team, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, for the Raiders, on their injury report, uh, pretty clean. We know about the guys that have been put on IR, so no need to mention them there. Uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, let's see here. Um, for the Seahawks, uh, D. Eskridge is going to be out for this game. That is pretty much it, Scott. Uh, so pretty healthy injury report for both of these teams. Raiders coming to town off of a overtime victory where they had no, I think, reason to win that game just because they're against uh, Denver. That was, that yeah. was the reason. Yeah. Yes. Well, Nathaniel Hackett fumbles another game to nobody's surprise. But uh, Seahawks coming off of a bye, I believe. They are six and four. They are still uh, in that division race with the San Francisco 49ers, if not the division, at least looking to uh, get a playoff spot led by Geno Smith, who's been absolutely incredible so far this season. Probably one of my favorite bets of the week here with the Seahawks as a minus four-point favorite here, Scott. But what are you thinking about this game? So I do a YouTube free pick every night, and my pick actually last night or this morning was Seattle minus three and a half because I wanted to get in early. I thought the line would definitely move, and I even see four at the book. I actually took it on a three and a half about four hours ago. So it has moved a bit. Not surprised. I'm on Seattle. Uh, You're looking at Pete Carroll, veteran coach, pretty good off the buy historically, and they're healthy. And Mm -hmm. you're looking at the Raiders, and they won a game. Congratulations. It was their only road win of the season, so they're really bad on the highway. Yep. But most importantly, Pete Carroll is a pretty good head coach, and McDaniels is bottom four in the league, probably bottom three. So Mm -hmm. I think you have a massive advantage there. Raiders are also not good against the run, and now they have to deal with the likes of Walker, which is not going to be a fun time at all for that defense. Uh, Devontae Adams is amazing. 
We know that, and yet the Raiders still can't score because they settle for a bunch of field goals in a plus territory, which is why Carlson's so good. But the issue is I think that you're going to see Seattle with Walker, with Lockett, with Metcalf, all healthy. Geno's been good too. I just like the spot for Seattle so much. And the fact that they had to go international and they had to have a bye week, now they return to the 12th man. It's a great home field. They can run the ball, so they might help out in the cold weather there in Seattle in November. I'm going to go with the Seahawks because I like this team a lot, and the Raiders, despite winning last week, are not a good team at all. I'll take the Seahawks. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think the number one, what you mentioned, the situation or the spot for the Seattle Seahawks coming off of the bye, being at home. Raiders last week traveled to altitude, played in overtime, traveled back home. I know it's not huge travel because they did pretty much stay on the western side of the uh, hemisphere. But from Colorado back home, now going up to Seattle, you know, we can talk about, you know, some travel there. But um, for for the Raiders, you look at Derek Carr in his career on the road has just not been very good. And since 2017, Derek Carr, 18, 28 and one against the spread on the road, the second least profitable quarterback of a sample of 113 quarterbacks. He's 112 out of 113 as far as profitability on the road. Is there there a minimum amount of games or uh, for that sample? I'm trying to think who number one would be. Oh no, it doesn't tell me. Just Damn it. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really uh, wanted to turn that into a, a slight mini trivia game there. I was trying to think of who would be worst on who would be worse on the road. My only guess would be his brother. Uh does it give you a year pr- uh, parameter or no? Oh, so I'm sorry. This tells it's sorry, it's since 2017, so Okay, once again, I don't have a minimum number of games though, yeah, so kinda, it doesn't tell us. I yet. got nothing. Okay. Yeah. And then Carr, after a straight-up win in his career, 24-33 and 33 against the spread. Uh, that's the fourth-least profitable quarterback after a straight-up win since 2014. But You know you know what? Deshaun Kaiser. I'll lock in that answer. Okay. I'll try to dig that up he by was, the he time. He was the quarterback, right, when they were 0-16 for Cleveland? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. Raiders, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even – I actually want to search up what year the Browns went 0-16, but – uh, I it wasn't think too it was, long ago, was it? I was going to say, it's 2017. I might I might be on to something. And then Kaiser right. took over in Green Bay for a little bit when Rodgers got hurt. He sucked. Deshaun Kaiser is my guess for the worst win percentage. But once again, there could be a sample size that I'm just missing. But there you go. I'm going to try to look this up because you got me curious now. But uh, I'm going to walk yeah. into Deshaun Kaiser, though. That's my guess. Okay. Hopefully I can dig that up by the time we get off of the uh, episode here. But yeah, I mean, look, I agree with you, Scott. It's not. This is a huge coaching mismatch as well. Um, it's just not very good for the Raiders. Again, Josh McDaniels, you mentioned a bottom four, bottom three coach in the entire football league. Just a good spot here for Geno Smith, Pete Carroll, and the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, minus three and a half, minus four. Uh, I don't care. I think the uh, Seahawks get the victory at least by a touchdown in this game against the Raiders. Um, thoughts on the total here, Scott? It's currently sitting at, let's see here. What did I say? 40, uh, 47 and a half. I like the under in this game. I don't feel okay. great about it, but I think both teams are going to want to run the ball. And you mentioned Carr's numbers outdoors or on the road. They're yeah. not very good. So the fact that you're going to have a quarterback traveling to a hostile environment who historically has not been good in opposing stadiums, you have Seattle with the weather in November, and they're going to try to run the ball anyway. I'm going to lean to the under. I've seen McDaniels really just cause drives to self-destruct in plus territory too often in, in the season. And both teams also kick an underrated amount of red zone field goals. So you might see a couple of long drives result in three points instead of seven. I'm going to go with the under. Give me Seattle to win this game somewhere around like 27-17. Yeah. 24-17, something like that. Yeah, I think it goes under. I think this might be a hair too many points here. Um, I just really like Seattle in this spot here as far as the side. Uh, Player props looking at in this game here, Scott? Got to go with Walker rushing yards. Uh, They had a really awful ground game against Tampa. But Tampa was supposed to be good against the run. They were terrible all season long, but it seems like they woke up and they finally looked like a good run defense. So Tampa has the personnel to be good against the run. The Raiders just don't have that. And I think you're going to end up seeing Walker run wild uh, in this game. For the Raiders, just blindly take Adams overs because no matter how badly they lose, Adams still goes for 100 and a touchdown every game. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. So that's kind of my main two. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, oh, I, I do remember. Car, car interceptions, a bit, a bit of a sneaky play there, which you might get a plus money. Let's see what that number is. I think that's a good call there. I mean, Seattle's um, good at forcing fumbles, but the fact that it's outdoors, once again, cars have been great there, and they're going to try to air it out. You might get a decent plus price. Did he throw one last week? Uh, Let me – did he throw one last week? I don't – or Derek Carr, uh, minus 120 for him to throw one. Okay, I, I was hoping for fine. plus money, but – yeah. I think the books are on to us. Uh, uh, he has not thrown time. one in each of the last three weeks, but okay. Let's see against the Seahawks. How many games? Yeah, I, I thought about it. I might not take it at minus one twenty. I was kind of hoping for plus money, but I think my okay. main two are going to be Adams receiving yards and Walker or Walker touchdown or something. I just think he's going to have a good game. Yeah. All right. Anything else for this game, uh, Scott? Before we move on? <clears throat> no, not really. All right. Uh, before we move on, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor here, Win. If you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And during WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 wins or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you're somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Scott, let's keep it going here, my man. Uh, the next game on the schedule, it's going to be a 425 Eastern start between the Los Angeles Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, looking at the line for this game, the opening number was... Minus 10, that number has been uh, moved all the way up to minus 15 and a half. Starting to see some minus 16s pop up. Uh, total opened up at 45 and a half. That number has now been bet down to 42 and a half, currently over on win bet. Obviously, the big news in this game, no Matthew Stafford for the uh, Los Angeles Rams, no Cooper Cup. That's going to be a starting quarterback of the name of Bryce Perkins for the Los Angeles Rams in this game. Um, I like him in preseason. He's good at Virginia, if that counts for something. <laughs> uh, looking at some of the other injuries for the Los Angeles Rams, who have pretty much should be making their plans for Cancun and their golfing trips. Yeah, season's over. We said that before um, Cup got hurt, the season was over. <laughs> yeah. Allen Robinson also is listed as questionable. Tyler Higby also questionable. So pretty much compromise at the uh, wide receiver positions. They also let go of Daryl Henderson. That seems surprised like me. Yeah, and I think Jaguars picked him up uh, as yeah, he cleared yeah waiver wire. But it looks like it's going to be the Cam Akers show for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, looking at their injury report, uh, Kadarius Tony is going to be out for this game with a hamstring issue. Comes out to no surprise for maybe former Giants fans. Uh, CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, was put on the IR with an ankle injury. Looks like his season is pretty much done for the Kansas City Chiefs here. Scott, uh, Michael Hardman was also put on the IR. Uh, and that is pretty much it. But nonetheless, the Chiefs are laying a big number here. Scott, 15 and a half. Should be a cakewalk for the Kansas City Chiefs here to take care of business, but do you kind of see them lollygagging through this game, or do you just think they should come out and take care of business and move on to the next week? I think it's going to be a mix of both, but I think that's probably good enough for the Chiefs anyway. Uh, you mentioned the Rams' injuries offensively. Defensively, they let New Orleans score 27 points. Dalton torched them the yeah. entire game. Olave yeah. was torching Jalen Ramsey. Like, they didn't do anything well the entire game. And I think the fact that the defense was so bad against Andy Dalton means that they're going to get killed in this game. I think Mahomes could go for 350 and four touchdowns wouldn't surprise me. Offensively, Perkins can can run, which gives them another dynamic, but mm -hmm. I don't like their weapons because they have none. Uh, their offensive line is one of the worst, if not the worst, in all of football. They can't run the ball. So I'm on the Chiefs. 
I know it's a lot of points, and you could argue maybe a backdoor cover because the Chiefs tend to not care in the fourth quarter. That is a bit concerning. But at some point in this game, the Chiefs should be up by at least 21 points at some point in this game. So I'll lean to the Chiefs because I think they'll be covering for at least a little while in this game. But the Rams are awful. Like the Chiefs, if I told you going in, the Chiefs win this game 38 to 7. You wouldn't be surprised. You'd be like, no. all right, that sounds about right. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs because I think that this team has been through a couple of really tough games, playing the Chargers, playing the Bills earlier this year that they lost. A lot of close games. They could yeah. use one nice blowout win where they get everyone feeling good about themselves. I think it's this spot, especially at home. I'll take the Chiefs. Yeah, I think you got to flex your muscles here a little bit if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, I think that they probably just come out in the first half and just shut the door on this team. Uh, because they do have a big game, or yeah, we can say a big game next week against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Um, I think that's a playoff revenge game, isn't it, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs as well last year? But uh, yeah, wait, look, wait, there's what, just what's a, what's a playoff revenge game for the Chiefs against the Bengals next week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so the Rams. They, I'm like, no, they didn't get that. No, 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 no. Um, the Chiefs next week against the Cincinnati Bengals uh, in Cincinnati. But, yeah, Scott, I mean, look, there's just not a lot to get excited about for this Rams team. Look, the season is pretty much over. You're There's no – I don't think Stafford is going to play another game for the rest of the season, no. or should he? you don't have any draft picks either. I mean, you yeah. won a title, but you sold everything for it. Yeah. So. Um, again, wide receiving group is questionable. We talked about it, and I just think that – I really like the first half number here for the Kansas City Chiefs. They should be up by two possessions. Uh, if they just come out and just take care of business. And if they're up by 21, 24 points, you probably don't see Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter. Uh, just rest them, get them ready for next week because you have three straight road games now coming up for the Kansas City Chiefs where they go to Cincinnati, to Denver, and then to Houston uh, over the next three weeks here. So, is it bad that Chad Henney's probably still the second best quarterback in this matchup? <laughs> probably. Just asking. Is, is that bad? Is that bad? <laughs> that is pretty bad. That is pretty bad for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. But I mean, not a lot to elaborate here. Minus 15 and a half for the I know it's a big number, but it is rightfully slow. But I I, I like the first half more here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Just come out and take care of business in the first yeah, half. Minus nine and a half. Uh Thoughts on the total? If you have any there, Scott, I don't have much. I just maybe I got like, nothing. You have one team that should score a lot, one team that shouldn't score at all, and I, I'm not going to pick anything for it as a result. Yeah. Um, player props in this game. I do like Pancheco to have a good game running the football. Uh, if they're into that second half where they do have a couple possessions lead, there's no reason to throw the football. That's where he really probably racks up his yards, but that's one player prop I did. Like Anything that you'd like? Am I, am I just blindly taking Skoranek over in receiving yards because they have nobody else on the team? You pretty much have to, right? I mean, like, who's it going to be? I don't think they have it listed. They don't have anybody. Yet. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Skoranek, I've seen plays. He's not bad. <laughs> like, I think Skoranek could get loose. It's not like I'm a big fan of this Chief secondary anyway. Palmer yeah. went for 100 and change. I think Skoranek could get a bunch of targets. So I think yeah. if you want a sneaky, low-budget DFS play or if you want to go for a prop that, you know, you're rooting for the team to get blown out because they'll just play prevent in the third quarter. I think Skoranek could potentially go for like 60. Somebody's going to have to catch some passes for this team. Yeah. I uh, don't see props listed yet for the Rams. Obviously, they're waiting for that injury news. but Especially again, if those... Robinson's out. I mean, Skoranek's yeah. going to be the only receiver that most people have ever heard of that are going right. to be playing in this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much on this game. Anything no. else, Scott, for this game? All right. Let's just keep it moving here, man. Thankfully, it's not on TV. So yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be, or sorry, the, the afternoon. Uh, let's go to the Bay Area where the San Francisco 49ers are going to welcome the New Orleans Saints to town. 425 Eastern start in this game. The 4-7 and seven Saints uh, going up against the 6-4 and four San Francisco 49ers. Looking at the line for this game, currently seeing that the this game opened up as a line of minus eight and a half in the favor of the San Francisco 49ers. That number has now been bet up to minus nine. Starting to see some minus nine and a halves pop up in this game as well. Uh, total opened up at 41 and a half. That number is now up to 42 and a half, 43, uh, depending on your book. Currently over on win bet, that number is sitting at 43 as far as the total. Uh, looking at the injury report. For both of these teams to start here with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so 
We're seeing that the quarterback is going to be Andy Dalton. We did see the interview where uh, it should should be Dalton. He was good last week. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They got the victory last week, 27, 20 against the uh, Rams. Like we talked about outside of the um, quarterback situation, not much else on the injury report for them. I know Marshawn Lattimore, uh, did participate in practice on Wednesday in a limited capacity. Same thing with Cam Jordan, uh, limited participant on Friday. Sorry, on Wednesday, Marcus Davenport, uh, calf logged a limited practice session. So some big names here on the defensive side of the football for the uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, Mark Ingram remained as a listed listed as limited. Sorry, participant on Thursday for them. But other than that, um, no really injuries on the. Offensive side of the football. Uh, looking at it for the San Francisco 49ers, should be getting Armstead back this week. I know he was out last week for the San Francisco 49ers. Debo Samuel is on the injury report with a hamstring issue. He was limited uh, on Thursday as far as practice. Ubokum uh, has been a questionable tag every single week for the San Francisco 49ers defense. Uh, and we know about the guys that have been uh, ruled out uh, for the remaining of the season. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, and Jason Verrett we talked about last week as well. But uh, nine-and-a-half-point favorites here for the San Francisco 49ers. They ruled last week against the Arizona Cardinals in Mexico City. Now, there is a stat out there, Scott, and I, f- I failed to mention this in the Arizona Cardinals game, is that teams coming off of the Mexico City game in altitude have done pretty poorly in that second half, especially in the fourth quarter where they've been outscored 81 to 44. Uh, but let's start with the side here, nine and a half against the Saints. What are you thinking about this game here, Scott? So I didn't have any stats to back it up, but I was going to touch upon the altitude part of it in Mexico. I was yeah. going to take the points. Okay. I thought the Niners played a great second half. They still occasionally get off to slow starts, which is a bit concerning. But the mm-hmm. Saints getting wider more backs a big deal. I can see this yeah. game being a bit ugly. I'm not trusting Garoppolo to light it up for 38 points again. And mm-hmm. Dalton can maybe move the ball. We know that the uh, Saints have decent, pretty good wide receivers. Olave's been very good. You have uh, Jarvis Landry, who's still alive, and he's actually playing, which was a nice surprise. But <laughs> they have some weapons on the outside. They can run the ball a little bit. Kamara's been quiet lately, but still, they have some talent on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, they're okay. And Lattimore's a good corner. So if he's actually back and... I know Debo was constantly getting treatment on his hamstring during that game in Mexico. So I'm not sure what his status is for this one, but I'm going to take the points. The Niners, if you're asking me right now to pick who I think is going to win the NFC, I'm picking San Francisco. I think that they're going to win the NFC, but for the spot, I don't trust them to win by margin. This team is a, let's not do anything stupid offensively, hopefully. And let's let the defense dictate the game. I think as a result, it'll be a low scoring slugfest. I think the Niners win the game probably by seven, but I'll take the Saints plus the points. Yeah, I was looking at the Saints in this game as well. And just just because of what we just touched on is that they're coming off that um, game in Mexico City. I do have some stats. So um, so of the six teams to play without a bye after the Mexico City games, those teams, like I mentioned, were outscored in the second half, 81-44, including 63 to 24 in the fourth quarter of those games. So obviously, you know, some uh, dead legs or, or, you know, fatigue catches up to you in that second half, particularly in the fourth quarter. So I think maybe the back door does open up here for the Saints, or I think they can keep it competitive. I think nine and a half is a lot, despite how good the 49ers have been over the past couple of weeks. But I think the altitude thing is real, especially coming off of Mexico City. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you here. Give me the Saints here at plus nine and a half in this game. I think – this is a good teaser leg if you want to tease the Niners down um, and uh, look attack the game this way. But I think this number is a little too high for me. I thought maybe a minus seven or a minus six and a half yeah. for the Niners was a fair number. But when you're getting up to nine and a half, maybe this touches 10 by the time we get to game time um, between the Saints and the uh, 49ers here. But it's also um, a short yeah. week. They play it is a short Monday. week. Yeah, especially. Um, but yeah, uh, t- thoughts on the total here. I know you talked about it being an ugly game. Currently seeing the total for this game, uh, 43 currently over on win bed. I think I like the under this game. Scott, what about you? I'm on the under. Uh, I yeah. said before, I'm going to dare Dalton and Jimmy G to make big plays. Uh, we saw the Cardinals really just blow a bunch of coverages. 
that's really just the story of the game, mostly involving Kittle. And they had a couple of big runs. Uh, Samuel had the end around touchdown. Uh, and I just think the Saints are a better defensive team, especially with Widemore being back than Arizona by a wide margin, really not even close. So I like the under. Once again, I see a similar type of 23 to 16 type game. Okay. Um, player props we're looking at in this game, if any. I'm a little bit confused what to think of San Francisco's rushing attack because I would look for Elijah Mitchell rushing props, but I'm not sure yeah. if those actually exist. Let me see if I can find something. Because I, I feel like McCaffrey should be used like 80-something percent of the time, but mm-hmm. I understand the Niners want to also keep him healthy, so they're giving Mitchell a lot of run. And Mitchell's a good player, don't get me wrong. But the fact yeah. that you're constantly splitting touches between the two makes me believe that McCaffrey's numbers are inflated and uh, Mitchell's numbers are undervalued. So I'd probably look for Mitchell for rushing yards because I think you'd agree. We've been I've been a little bit surprised by how much they've used Mitchell since he's come back off the injury list. Yeah, uh, currently don't see Mitchell props up yet. Um, I'm assuming you you probably won't because he's not starting, but you get my point. Yeah. I maybe think a touchdown that, for Mitchell, maybe? Yeah, uh, last week, and he returned, what, two weeks ago against the Chargers. He had 18 carries in that game, and then he only had nine, but that was in a blowout against the Cardinals. But um, they're, they're using him. Yeah, they are, and I think they're obviously going to use them more in their rushing attack where I've seen, especially last week or the past three weeks, that CMC, Christian McCaffrey, has been utilized more in the passing game. He's mm-hmm. kind of been that security blanket for like to, uh, those check down passes for Jimmy Garoppolo if he hasn't been able to find you know guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel down the field or even George Kittle that and he's Ayuk kind of just been – Ayuk can get a huge game because he had two touchdowns. There was only two catches. He had two for 20 and two touchdowns. Yeah. And I think the player prop that I did like in this game was CMC's receiving yards. I yeah. gave this out on the prop cast at 36 and a half, and that number is still there at 36 and a half. And That's I think you can, yeah, again, if the targets have been there over the last three weeks for CMC uh, in this charge, sorry, this 49ers offense. So what are the catches it, at? Three and a half, four and a half? I saw four and a half at plus money. Let me double check really? that. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, it was four and a half. Yeah, four and a half at plus 110. I, I'd rather take the yards. If McCaffrey catches five yeah. passes, he's going to go for like 50 yards. So yeah. there's, a chance he, he, there's a chance he breaks a screen for 30. You have a couple options there, but McCaffrey receiving yards definitely been a good look because they were targeting him a lot on third down. Spread him out wide, set him on a slant pattern against the linebacker, and he was cooking yeah. everybody. So I don't mind that. Yeah, and again, he's familiar with the Saints team, or are we going to say the Saints team are familiar with him um, when he was in that NFC South division with uh, the Panthers and having to see him, I think that's eight times in his career he's seen him. Uh, has or has he seen the Saints in his career eight times? Uh, longest complete, or sorry, longest reception for Christian McCaffrey, currently listed at 14 and a half. Okay. Uh, and I think that you probably want to, if you want to bet these props for CMC, you probably want to take them now because just in case Debo Samuel's ruled out, those numbers mm-hmm. are just going to go up. I don't think Samuel's going to play. It, it looked like in the entire second half that he was battling like a multi-week injury, didn't it? He was getting treatment every single snap. Yeah, so I think it's probably wise for them probably just to give him the week off because you do have CMC, you have Brandon Ayuk, you have you know, Juwan Jennings, you have you know uh, George Kittle in the offense, Elijah Mitchell's back as well. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, possibility for maybe uh, Debo to miss this game and probably don't need him in this game. I think you can squeak out an ugly win here. In this game, anything else for this game, Scott? Before we get over to the Sunday night football game, uh, Dalton interception. I'm assuming yeah. it's going to be heavily juiced. If it's anything below 150 or 140, I'll take it. Uh, I think the Niners are going to get after him. I think they're going to make his life miserable. And Dalton, I think, is going to have to throw the ball a lot in this game because the Niners are insane against the run. So Dalton interception would be a prop I'm looking at. Yeah, I currently see minus 164. Damn, it. Andy Dalton. Okay. I was really hoping it would be around <laughs> 140. But okay. What about Garoppolo at plus 105? That's tempting. At plus money, I think that's worth blindly taking because with Lattimore being back, the Saints' defense is a bit underrated because they were missing their top corner for about a month and a half. Yeah, you have to you have to be worried a little bit about how the Niners will try to give Garoppolo all the easy throws, and they're not going to mm-hmm. let him try anything. But yeah. he can't help himself. Who are we kidding? Like we know Jimmy G's going to force a couple passes in there. I don't mind that a plus money. I will say this. He hasn't thrown one uh, over the last three weeks. So maybe they're being more careful with him or maybe he's just due for one. It could be either or. All right, let's get over to the Sunday night football game. uh, That is going to be between the 
Philadelphia Eagles heading, uh, oh, sorry, the Green Bay Packers heading to Philadelphia to take on the nine and one Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, looking at the lines for this game, this number opened up minus six in favor of the home team, the Philadelphia Eagles. That number has been bet up to minus six and a half for the Eagles. Uh, total opened up at 45. That number has been bet up to 46 and a half. Um, currently sitting at 46 over on win bet right now. Uh, all right, let's get over to the injury report for both of these teams. Let's start here with the road team for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is going to be out for this game for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, David, David Bakhtiari questionable for the Green Bay Packers. Um, De, uh, Trey Campbell is also doubtful linebacker. For this game, um, and that is pretty much it for the Green Bay Packers. For the Philadelphia Eagles here, Scott, I am seeing. Uh, we know about Dallas Goddard was put on the IR. A lot of guys on the IR for this team. Uh, that is pretty much it. I don't see anybody of significance for the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, Eagles minus six and a half here hosting the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football here, Scott. What are you thinking about this game? Uh, if, when it comes to betting it, I would potentially wait to see if the line goes to seven. I'm not laying six and a half with Philly. And I know this team is really good. I know that this team is a team I bet on to win the division. And so far, so good there. But they've looked awful for two straight weeks. Against the Commanders, they were terrible. And mm-hmm. they probably should have lost to the Colts last week. And the Colts are not a good football team. So mm-hmm. I'm not laying six and a half. Because I don't like what I've seen for the last two games. Now, Green Bay is not good. Don't get me wrong. And Rodgers has a broken thumb, which he's been playing through. I acknowledge all the concerns about Green Bay. They're well-documented. They're true. They're not a good team. I get it. But based on what I've seen from Philly, I think they're overvalued. And if you're going to let Matt Ryan and company hang around against you for about three and a half quarters and need to have a game-winning drive against the Colts in the final two, like three minutes to win the game, I'm not laying six and a half. It's not a great, great bet in terms of confidence, but I will lean to Green Bay. I think it's a few too many points. Yeah. Um, if I don't see Aaron I'm not going to bet it, but I, I I, can't lay it with Philly. They've shown me nothing yeah. for two weeks. Yeah, and I think ever since they kind of took that punch in the mouth um, after their first loss of the season. And Goddard it, being out is huge. Yeah, and Goddard being out as well. Um, I, I feel like they've kind of lost their mojo here. Um Thinking no, they won. Gonna... They won the game anyway. Yeah, they had to come from behind. It was a last-minute touchdown by Jalen Hurts, but it seems like the Colts Colts had the opportunity to punch it into the end zone and put that game away to give the Eagles a second mm-hmm. offense of the season. But they settled for the field goal. Jalen Hurts did his thing, got him down the field. He you know, ran it in for the go-ahead touchdown, and the Eagles uh, and the defense held up in that final few seconds there for them to seal the victory. Now, going back home, What's the motivation here for the Green Bay Packers? Obviously, it is prime time. We have the broken thumb for the uh, for Aaron Rodgers, but if Matt Lafleur is smart, he runs the shit out of the football here with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon because Eagles' rush defense has not been very good this season. And for Rodgers, it's probably a pride and ego thing for him to come out and try to play well, or even with the broken thumb. I know they're a little compromised at the wide receiver position. I did mention that Romeo Dobbs is going to be out for this game, but I think this might be like a four-point victory for the Philadelphia Eagles, 24-20 to 20 type of game here. Um, Washington so, laid out the, fr- the framework on how to beat this team. You got to yeah. run the ball, drain mm-hmm. a bunch of clock, and yeah. do what you can. And when you have – I know Dylan's had a pretty rough year, but when you have Aaron Jones and you have Dylan and you have an offensive line, which is not great but good enough – they can run the ball and have moments here like, like they did against the Cowboys. Philly's run defense is pretty good on paper. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was pretty good last week. Watching it once again, ran it down their throats. I think the framework is there for Green Bay to really limit possessions and force mm-hmm. the Eagles to do a lot in a short period of time, like what happened in the Washington game. Yeah, I just think it's too many points. because I think, I think if Green Bay does have success running the ball, Philly's not Philly's going to get killed in time of possession. Yeah. Uh, let's get over to the total here. Currently seeing that number at 46 and a half. Like I mentioned, I will say this. Sean Smith is going to be officiating this game so far this season. Uh, he is seven and two towards the under. 
thus far this season, t- or the games are averaging about 41.1 points per game uh, in that span. So if you're a believer in um, some ref uh, reports here, or ref betting stats, take that for what it's worth. Seven and two to the under is Sean Smith. So I think, Scott, if we do anticipate the Packers running the football here, draining clock, which kind of just leads towards the under in this game. Uh, do you agree with that? Or do you like the over in this game? I like the under as well. I think Green Bay needs to win one way because with Rodgers, the broken finger, and with the lack of weapons they really have, I know Watson gets a bunch of touchdowns. I mean, yeah. if, if you're going to have a couple touchdowns, but you don't do much in the rest of the field, then you're still you know an, a valuable player. But I have questions on how Green Bay is going to move the ball if they don't just double down on the ground game. Plus, I didn't even mention before Green Bay's off the Thursday night game. So they had extra preparation time for this game, which makes me like the spot even more for Green Bay. I'm going to go with the under because Philly's offense left a lot to be desired. They've scored 17 in a dome against the Colts, and their defense is fine. But I think Green Bay's defense is good enough to make Philly earn it on drives, and I think it's going to result in a lower scoring game. Yep, I agree. Uh, player props in this game, uh, Aaron Jones is currently listed at 56 and a half uh, rushing yards in this game. But what else are you looking at in this game if you do like Aaron Jones rushing yards? I was going to say, I kind of have to like Jones rushing yards yeah. because once again, it's really one of the only scripts I can see where mm-hmm. Green Bay has a shot to win this game. Yeah. I think they need to run the ball. So I think that Jones should have a pretty decent overall game flow in terms of play calling to get over that number. Trying to think of what else I actually like for props. Are you, are you blindly just going to take Miles Sanders because Green Bay can't stop the run? I think you kind of have to, right? I think this is going to be a game where the running backs are going to shine in. Um, yeah, like I mentioned, 55 and a half for Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders at 66 and a half, AJ Dillon's at 28 and a half. So I anticipate a lot of running in this game. So I think by principle, you kind of just have to take Miles Sanders just because I think, again, both of these rush defenses have just not been very good here, Scott. I'm trying to pull up the numbers here for actual uh, rushing defense. So I'll start with before Green Bay's re- Green Bay's a lot worse than Phillies, but Phillies, I believe, could leave a lot to be desired. Yeah, opponent yards per rush attempt. Uh, Green Bay ranks number 21, around 4.6. Have been a little better over the last three weeks at 3.9. Philly, number 24, 4.6, same number, 3.9 over the last three weeks. Um, and as far as... Total rushing yards on the ground. Um, let's see here. Philadelphia ranks number 19, 122.2. But uh, over the last three weeks, 140 yards. Green Bay Packers are allowing 135.8, which ranks number 25. Last three weeks, a little bit better at 121.3. But um, at on the on the road, they're allowing 120.2, and Philly is allowing 112.6 at home. But nonetheless, I think the running back should be featured in this game. So if you want, if you're a same game parlay player, maybe Aaron Jones and Miles Sanders, uh, look at those two guys. But Scott, anything else for this game before we get into best bets? No, not really. It's I'm expecting another primetime under. That's kind of yeah, the gist of it. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get into our lock and dog for the NFL Week 12 p.m. games. Uh, Scott, I'll let you lead it off here, buddy. What do we got as our lock and dog? So for my lock, I am going to go with the Seahawks minus the three and a half. There's still a couple three and a halves out there, so I'll take yep. it. I just think the Raiders are not a good team. Congrats on beating the one one of the teams in the league that's actually worse than you uh, in the Broncos. But once again, you beat the Broncos. And as you said before, it was a little bit, uh, fortuitous for the Raiders to win that game. They yeah. probably should have lost, if we're being honest. But I do think that the Seahawks off a bye, it's a great scheduling spot. They're healthy. They have a lot of weapons. The 12th man, definitely one of the better home fields in all of football. The Raiders are just bad on the road. Carr's been bad on the road. I think the game will be close. I'm not saying Seattle routes them, but we've seen the Raiders in close games. They lose. They're the opposite of the Vikings. So if I'm expecting a four or seven point lead for Seattle, I don't think the Raiders are going to end up being able to make a big play down the stretch to to actually potentially win the game. Give me Seattle minus three and a half. I'll take the playoff bound team at home off a bye against a Raiders team that's one and five on the road. I got to agree with you, man. This was also my lock. Uh, double best bet or double lock here, man. Um, it's just a good spot. And we already mentioned it, you know, with uh, Denver coming, sorry, with uh, Raiders coming off of the overtime win in altitude. Uh, now you're going up against the Seattle Seahawks in their building, one of the better home field advantages. Uh, team is doing better than expectations. They've already cashed their win total for the year so far. Uh, they're 
all of, they're obviously competing for a playoff spot, not only a spot, but also the division. Uh, we do think the Niners should get it, but again, it's not like they're going to lay down and give them that division easily. Uh, so I think that's a good opportunity for them to get a dub here. I think they win this game by seven. So I'm going to go with you as well. Double best bet or double lock uh, for this NFL week 12. Uh, why don't you get us to your dog here for the uh, Wednesday, sorry, for the week 12 uh, afternoon games here, Scott, what do you got? So I thought about taking an actual underdog, like maybe Green Bay, but I couldn't do it. I thought about taking uh, maybe the Saints. I couldn't really do it. So I do think I'm going to go with an alternative line here. I was going to take the Chargers minus five and a half, and I see that at around plus 137. Mm -hmm. I get the fact that Arizona has reinforcements coming back offensively, mostly Highwood Brown would be on a snap count probably, but the Chargers once again are a team that I don't think is very good. However, they were very competitive with two of the top five teams in the league back-to-back -back weeks, and yeah. now they have a matchup against a much worse team that you said the altitude was an issue for San Francisco. A reminder, the altitude is an issue for Arizona because they were yeah. the opponents for San Francisco, and they're mm -hmm. on a short week, and Kingsbury is really not a good coach. I think the Chargers, if they want any shot of making the playoffs, they need to win this game. I think Arizona is already dead to rights for the playoffs. So for yeah. me, give me the Chargers minus five and a half. I like what I've seen even in defeat, and I do think fatigue might play a serious factor for Arizona in the second half. Give me the Chargers minus five and a half at plus 137. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think that, number one, we talked about the altitude thing. I, I think that's, um, that's going to show up for this team for sure in the second half uh, of this game. Um, but you're not going to get argument for me. Like, I think there's still something to play for for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Obviously, that's going to be, be a wall's gold, but they don't know that yet. Yeah, okay. um, uh, you have Keenan Allen. He looked pretty good last week, right? Um, Austin Eckler, he's been playing well as well. I know you're missing Mike Williams, but again, like we mentioned, he did do a lot last week. Hopefully, Everett's able to go in this game. I think that just gives them more added weapon. But nonetheless. Uh, I think that, yeah, Chargers should take care of business against the Arizona Cardinals, despite even though they're getting Kyler Murray back. Again, we mentioned they're probably just going to ease his way ease his way back into this game. Um, but I think the Chargers should come out here and take care of business. You mentioned the numbers, Cliff Cambrays, after week eight and on, just not a very good head coach. So um, you're putting <laughs> your eggs in the basket of Brandon Staley, who we could also make an argument as it's not a very good coach, at least at this, uh, as far as making decisions is what I'm trying yeah, to say. He's not a good um, coach, but he's a, he's a smaller sample size. So sure. maybe he can surprise me on occasion. Yeah. Um, all right. For my dog, uh, there's a couple ways. There weren't many. I thought about a player prop, maybe in like Garoppolo interception I thought about, but eh, yeah. I just wanted to fade Kingsbury. Yeah. I was trying to find a um, alternative for yards. Alternative for yards for Aaron Jones. I think this might be a week where he has a big game uh, as far as running the football against the uh, Eagles defensive line there. Don't see one yet. Um, see one right, for, like a, a, for a Connor maybe if you wanted to make a case? I was going to lay the wood with the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Alternative? Yeah. Minus, like 20, minus, minus 29 and a half? Like minus 20 and a half. That's even at yeah. plus 163. <laughs> Um, I want to see, I was curious to see what that even is at minus 30 and a half. It's probably the worst pick ever given out on a history of a podcast. Of it's only the worst pick if it loses. Just remember yeah. that it's all about hindsight. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I'll give out the minus 20 and a half at plus 163. Again, not a lot of underdogs that we both like, um, for this afternoon schedule because we're always limited because we only get about four to five games for if I had um, to pick one, I'd pick Green Bay. If I had to pick an actual underdog out, yeah. I don't think they're gonna win, but I'd pick Green Bay. Yeah. Um I'll, I'll just go with uh yeah, just give me the Chiefs minus 20 and a half. I think they they should just come out and just blow this team out and just get ready for next week. There's no reason this team shouldn't win by at least three touchdowns against a very, very compromised uh Los Angeles Rams team where you're to your third string quarterback. You let go of your one of your starting running backs. You don't have Cooper Cup. You're probably not going to have Allen Robinson. You're banking on this defense to try and stop uh, Mahomes in this offense where, like you mentioned, Andy Dalton just torched him last week. So 
Uh, I'll, I'll lay the wood here with the Kansas City Chiefs, minus 20 and a half, plus 163. Again, definitely shop around because I'm seeing conflicting numbers. But num- nonetheless, it is at a plus price for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, to take care of business against the Los Angeles Rams. All right, Scott, that's going to do it for this edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast, week 12 of the afternoon games. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest, buddy? Not really. Uh, just looking forward to the NFL card. Uh, been a very fun season. We're more than halfway through. Still a decent amount to go, so a lot of money to be made. And, you know, hopefully it works out. Yeah. Hundred percent. Had three games on Thanksgiving Day, but still a full schedule on uh, Week Twelve. Hopefully, we can cash some tickets and continue cashing our tickets uh, for this NFL season. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast for Week Twelve. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Rice Radio. Follow me on Twitter at Sports Nerd Eight Two Four. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the nfl gambling podcast the youtube page uh you'll know when we go live every single day uh throughout the week and also if you haven't already leave us a rating and review for the nfl gambling podcast we'll definitely shout you guys out uh on the pod uh so please that only helps us grow the show uh so far this season all right uh we'll be back next week in some form or fashion as usual and look out for the monday night football uh gambling oh, sorry monday night football betting preview with myself and uh dylan for the monday night football game between the steelers and the colts uh we'll be back next week as usual good luck with your bets this weekend let's break these books off and let it ride